Hi guys, what's up? How's it going? Welcome to Samondo Talks. My name is Christina and I'm here to introduce you to some of the smartest experts in the Amazon industry. If you've already subscribed to our channel, good job. If you're new to our channel and you'd like to get some industry insights, here's some interesting stories about entrepreneurship and want to learn some useful hacks that you can apply to your own Amazon business, make sure you subscribe to our channel now and hit that notification bell so you will never miss another episode again. My guest for you today is Danny Carlson, founder of Kenji RRI and the host of the Actualize Freedom podcast. Let's say hi to him and see what he tells us. All right, guys, uh, let's start. Uh, Danny is already here with us. Hi, Danny. Glad to have you on. Yeah, glad to be on here. Always like talking with people like you all the way across the world about really fun stuff like Amazon marketing. You're in Bali right now, right? Yeah. Do yeah, it is there? a little bit hot over here. Um, sweating a little bit, but um, I've been uh, living here for the past 10 months and just really love the communities of people out here. There's a really large expat community of entrepreneurs, just people working online in various spaces. And then also like movement people, um, people into meditation and yoga and, and all sorts of healthy lifestyle. So it's a great place to surround yourself with people like that. All right, uh, then let's stick to the work topic. You own uh, Kenji ROI, right? In one sentence, what is that? So Kenji ROI is an agency that serves brand selling on Amazon with listing creation and optimization services and Amazon ads. So we create literally everything on Amazon listing from the product photography with models and graphics and all that to the copywriting and keywords just optimized for Amazon SEO. So behind the search results, um, then also video and a plus content, just kind of just everything that would be on Amazon listing. And then we manage the Amazon ads for our clients. So just 100% focused on the Amazon platform. So it's basically a one-stop shop. If any seller has any problem or need with their Amazon listing, they can just come to you and you will take care of it. That is pretty much it. Those are our favorite clients because they're just like, Hey, this is overwhelming for us. You just deal with this. And it's great because we take it off their hands and um, then we just do what we're good at and they do what they're good at. Uh, how many employees do you have? We have a core team of six full-time employees, most of them in Vancouver. Um, that's where our studio, photo studio and office is there. Um, and then I am over here in Bali. And then another sales guy, Phil, is uh, over here in Bali. I'm actually covering for him today because he wanted to go off surfing. That's, uh, <laughs> you know, one of the benefits of being in Bali. So uh, I'm, I'm being the sales guy today while Phil is off surfing. And how did you come up with the idea to found an Amazon agency? Did you ever sell on Amazon yourself? Yeah, it's actually how I learned everything. So I got started selling on Amazon myself at the start of 2016. And I actually built it up to a pretty good size. And then I got my Amazon account suspended right as I was being really aggressive with expanding to new product lines. And Amazon held on to a payment for 90 days. They um, had to hire a reinstatement specialist and they didn't end up working. So that account actually is still suspended. Um, I did manage to get a new account, but during that process just maybe already had been doing a little bit of freelancing for some friends brands and just people I had in my network. And so I just made the decision right there to, 
to really focus on the agency and, and build that into a full company. At the time, it was just me. It was just a one-man shop. But then, um, you know, e-commerce is a great model, but I wanted to hedge my risk a little bit and, and make a make more stable income with the agency. All right. Um, in general, what do you think makes a good agency? A good agency, I mean, really it comes down to, uh, I mean, a couple things. On the internal side, having really, really good communication and good, uh, good team members. And what I mean when I say good team members, it must be the right person for the role. That is, those are the biggest mistakes I've made in this business for sure. It's just hiring the wrong person for the wrong role or like someone that, you know, I like them as a person, they're really great, but they just should not be working a certain role. Maybe they should be working a different role in the company. So getting the right people in the right seats and then making sure everyone communicates very effectively because at the end of the day, an agency is leveraging talent. It's leveraging people and people's skills. Whereas an e-commerce business is, you know, leveraging capital and products and brand and stuff like that. So agency is all about the communication and having the right people in the right place. And I assume that um, your agency has all those characteristics. In your own words, why should I choose you over another agency? Because we are one of the only companies that I know of that is focused only on Amazon listing optimization. So most of our competitors, they tack on Amazon listing creation and optimization kind of as just like, Hey, we might as well do this. It's not their main focus. This is all Kenji ROI's team does all day. Every day is, you know, every day we're talking about it. We're creating content about it. We're actually doing the work for our clients. And in my opinion, this has allowed us to create the, some of the best processes out there. And, I'm, you know, you can take my word for it, or I'm actually about to release a massive blog post and YouTube video. YouTube video is going to be like an hour long on our exact process for keyword research. That is just way above and beyond what most people are doing. I know that. So um, it's just allowed us to iterate and create better processes than a lot of companies out there. And do you work with clients from all over the world? I mean, I see that you guys are international. You're like split up all over the world. Uh, are you clients also from anywhere? Yeah, I mean, the majority of them are from the United States. But you now, um, the interesting thing about the Amazon business model is that people from so many different countries, they sell into the United States, yeah, even though they're living in other countries. So surprisingly to me, a decent amount of our, our clients, maybe eight to, to 15% of our clients are actually from Vietnam, which is, I totally did not see that coming, but there's, we just somehow got some inroads into like the Vietnamese Amazon seller route. Um, and they all just sell into, into um, the United States. But, um, and we have one client from, from South Africa, all over Europe. So it really is international. Well, that's uh Really surprising. I wouldn't have thought that either. Um, but enough uh, of speaking about your clients. What would your clients say about you, like the other way around? Can you name three things that they say about your work? Um, a lot of people that probably the biggest comment that we get is um, that they were just really impressed with the delivery. So our delivery includes obviously whatever work we're doing for them, the photos and the listing and everything like that. But we always include a bunch of extra insights. So we have to do a lot of research and um, get gather a lot of data to create the listings. And so we include that in a very, you know, a nice packageable format that is 
going to give some good insights to the business owner as well. And we always create a little video that just outlines, you know, the reasoning for why we did everything and just explains kind of what went into everything to you. So um, just trying to over deliver is probably the biggest comment that we get is like, oh, wow, like you guys really have, uh, <laughs> you guys really have thrown it on here. Awesome. And uh, how does the process of working with you look like, like from start to till the end like do they just send over their listing and say please guys just do it just optimize and what would be the next steps yeah so there's kind of two types of clients we work with one of them just completely wants it off their hands They're like hey um i just need listings and photos and you guys are the experts so you handle it and they give us very little guidance and that's great our team is very good at doing that and then there's also the clients that they want a lot more control so we have a an intake form where people can be as detailed or as not detailed as they want but right after someone would go through you know checkout process then they're redirected to this um you know pretty pretty detailed form and the the people who want to be detailed they give us like very specific instructions what they hey i want a couple images like this and i you know want to optimize for these keywords and everything like that um, and then the team really goes at it and it's all within our client dashboard too. So the clients, they communicate with us straight through this dashboard and also see the progress of the order um, and then can reorder other things that they want as well. So it's all just within there. And 15 business days after we receive the client sample at our office, then any photo or video work is complete. So we do need a sample obviously to shoot uh, real photographs and everything like that. And uh, copywriting, we don't actually need the sample. We just need to know the information about the product and preferences and everything like that. All right. Um, I assume that you worked with a lot of clients already. So you have a lot of experience. You heard a lot of stories. I think you've seen a lot of not so good listings, to say it in a nice way. In your opinion, what's the biggest mistakes that Amazon sellers make when it comes to listing creation optimization? Biggest mistake. There's a lot. Of them. Let me just think about that one for a second. I would, I would say the number one biggest mistake is not putting enough emphasis on the product photography and very specifically the main image. Um, having a pretty good main image is the one thing that is going to have the biggest effect on your listing negatively. So just think about this for a second. If you can increase the click through rate of your main image by even 2%, which is a very reasonable thing to do. Often we'll see increases of more than 10% on a really good image um, from like a crappier one. If you can increase that by just 2% though even, that can be hundreds if not thousands of extra visitors to your listing that can potentially buy. And as long as you have a fairly good conversion rate, your reviews are you know somewhat reasonable and you have good photos and your listing copywriting is not totally out to lunch, that's going to result in a lot more sales, right? And it's just a feedback loop. So that's the number one biggest lever is just really focusing on creating a very, very compelling main image. And don't just, don't just do what you think is going to be the best and leave it at that. Actually test it. Um, there's a great service out there called PicFu where you can, you know, go get a graphic designer to create you, let's say five different variations of the image. And then you can pay, uh, I think it's like $50 or something like that for a bunch of Amazon shoppers to actually vote on which one, hey, this one is the one I would click on. And if you, if you can do that for $50, um, that's something that can, can make you hundreds of extra dollars or you know, thousands of dollars over, over the long term or if you have a really good product. So absolutely focusing on that main image is super important. 
Can you give me maybe one or two more mistakes? Yeah, um, the, the second mistake that is, it, this maybe is even more common is using really, really small text or too much text on graphic design images and not really optimizing it for the platform. So you want your images in most categories to be optimized square. And you know this in your category, if you look on desktop, you'll see a square thumbnail for your images on the left there. If yours is not supposed to be optimized for that, then it'll be vertical, it'll show up like the size of a phone screen. In that case, you wanna optimize it two to one ratio vertically. Um, but what most sellers do is they make their text very, very small on there. And to the point where it's almost impossible to read it on a desktop screen without zooming into it. But then think about what happens on mobile. A lot of shoppers, they're shopping on their phone. I know personally, um, I live in Bali now, but back when I was in Canada shopping on Amazon, I would do it late at night and I would think about something I gotta buy and I pull up my phone and I go buy it, right? But most of the text that I see on Amazon sellers images is completely not readable on a small mobile screen. And it's actually a big pain in the ass to really zoom in on it. You have to uh, go to the images, you have to click, and then it's gonna fill up part of the screen and it's gonna be filling up your full screen and then you gotta pinch again to zoom in most people are just not going to do that. Right? They're too lazy. So making a smaller amount of text. Yeah. yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, Amazon is a comparison shopping platform. And on every single Amazon listing is at least two dozen of your competitors' products that are showing up in, uh, you know, related products or sponsored, sponsored items related to this product. And Amazon wants the customer to click off to something they're more likely to buy. So if your listing is not compelling enough, you hold them on the listing then people are gone in a second right all right um you know as well as i do that uh amazon changes its guidelines like all the time uh, regarding the length of certain text parts or the title or whatever or image requirements how do you stay up to date with all this So luckily at this point, we have a lot of different clients that we work with. And usually whenever anything happens, we will have one of them reach out and just like ask, like, hey, I saw, I got this email from Amazon. Um, you know, what does this mean or something? Or like, hey, I, this, this image didn't get approved. Um, you know, what's going on here? So um, luckily we just kind of have enough people that we work with that those things just trickle straight to us. And then from that point, I'll spend a little bit of time in Facebook groups and see what people are saying about it and everything like that. Um, it would be nice if Amazon was a little bit more transparent about all these changes. They usually just change something and um, <laughs> us as sellers just have to figure it out and kind of decipher what's going on. But um, yeah, it, it is important for sure to stay updated on all of this stuff. All right. Um, then we're already at the juicy part. Uh, now it's about you. Um, why did you decide to become self-employed and not work for someone else? Yeah, so I kind of got thrust into it actually by a near-death experience that really what? pushed me to do it. So yeah, it was maybe five years ago now that um, I just read the four-hour work week. It was you know Tim Ferriss's classic book that just opened my mind to the possibility of having some kind of online business that wasn't going to suck up your entire life, right? So um, that was just floating around in my head for a couple of years. I was you know, listening to podcasts, learning about online business models and everything, but I'd never had the compelling reason to just like do it. It was always something I'd be doing in the future. But then um, at the very start of 2016, I was traveling in the Philippines competing in a downhill skateboarding race. So this is 
you know, four guys on, on large skateboards going down the hill at 60 to 110 kilometers an hour. And it was supposed to be a closed road race. And I was going maybe 70 kilometers an hour down the road. And there was a motorcycle coming up um, in, the, in the opposite lane there. And this is the Philippines, right? They don't close the road so well. And I literally missed a head-on collision with this motorcycle by two inches. I, I got it all on video. Um, you guys can see a picture of that actually on uh, dannycarlson.co on the about page. And uh, it's a, it's a, it was a pretty crazy moment. I had a lot of you know big crashes and really crazy things happen to me, obviously. I've been into extreme sports my entire life. But that was just like, that really forced me to look at did I like the direction my life was going? Did I, did I like where I would be five years from now if I just kept mm -hmm. doing what I was doing? And the answer was, heck no, I got to start this. I got to start this business that I've been thinking about and, and actually go for it. So just, just started off in the Amazon world, just literally the second I got back to Canada and, uh, and went into it. So first of all, I want to say I'm very sorry that this happened to you, but I also think it's great that you just took this experience and turned it into something positive. I mean, look what you are now. I mean, you're in Bali, you go surfing, you own a company, you're the host of a podcast. So it's a good thing you, you did with that experience. Um, what excites you most about working in the Amazon industry? I mean, you could have worked like anywhere, basically. Yeah, what is very interesting to me is the scalability of, of this entire business model and just like seeing, so I mean, obviously it doesn't happen to everyone, but I've met so many different people that have within the span of one or two years, completely, completely redefined like what, what they can do with the business, right? And like people who it's literally their first business too, whether that is people like me with an agency who I didn't know anything about Amazon even like three years ago, three, four years ago. But uh, I've been able to build an agency on the back of just other Amazon sellers or Amazon sellers who they knew nothing about import export business, but they were able to leverage Amazon platform and the marketing and everything that Amazon provides to create a seven figure business within just a, a span of a couple of years. And there's not a whole lot of other business models that is really doing that on a big scale, right? Um, it's, you know, like SEO based businesses, like, um, like affiliate marketing usually takes two years to gain any real traction with it whatsoever. Yeah. You might start making some half decent money after two years, you know? Um, and, and, um, Amazon especially is just the growth of the company in general has allowed a lot of people to, to really grow their own businesses a lot faster. Yeah, that's true. All right. Um, then I have a little challenge for you. Um, could you give me one attribute that describes your whole work situation? Just one word. One word. Freedom. It's the one that comes to mind. Great. Good. And uh, is there also something that you don't like about your job? Yes. And that is similar to the reason that I do like it is it can be very chaotic sometimes. You know, you wake up one day and there's some big change that happened and you need to scramble and figure out what the heck it was and how to react to it. And yeah, it, it, it can be stressful sometimes, you know, um, but at the same, in the same breath, that is also what I really like about it too. It's one of those love hate kind of things. I'm a big adrenaline junkie. I love doing extreme sports and 
the excitement of things going going not the way you want them to in business is both a, is a very love-hate kind of relationship. <laughs> All right, now I got to know which kind of sports do you pursue? Well, um, growing up, I did lots of downhill skiing. Like uh, my favorite thing was just finding cliffs and going off cliffs and jumps. And um, I did downhill mountain biking. I one day got a picture of the day on pinkbike.com for jumping over my friend's truck on my bike. That was really fun. But these days, I really like riding motorcycles. So I have a sports motorcycle. And I um, once every couple of weeks, I'll just put on the leathers and go up to the windy mountain volcanoes up here in Bali and try to drag my knee on the ground around the corners. It's uh, it's really fun. <laughs> to me, that sounds insane, but I'm happy when you're happy. <laughs> um, what is a skill or characteristic that you wish you had, but you don't have right now? Wish I had, but I don't have right now. Oh, patience, more patience. So you're the kind of guy who has like a goal and then just once you get it done like as quickly as possible and you're not not really patient with it yeah yeah i think patience would be good i think i'd be probably more satisfied in general if i had more patience instead of just like i you know i just want to I want it all and i want it, it just like much faster right yeah. <laughs> um can you tell me a weird habit that you have can be regarding work or also in your personal life? A weird habit. Well, I'm sure there's a lot of really weird things <laughs> that I do. Um, a weird one. I, I guess my, my weirdest habit is I love balancing other human beings on top of myself. Just doing acrobatics and, and standing, standing <laughs> acro. So I do that four days a week. And that's all it is is you balance someone so like for example there'd be someone doing a handstand in my hands like this um or like i'm, I'm holding someone above my head like on their hip and they're like sideways in the side star or something like that we call it um and it's pretty weird we get some funny looks doing that in public on the <laughs> beach and and uh, in the gym and stuff like that i love it uh... So uh, you seem to be pretty strong already if you can lift up other people. Um, so strength is maybe not a superpower that you need. But if you could have a superpower, which one would it be? Oh, that is a good one. I think, I think I'd have to go with the ability to learn something at incredibly high speed. Is that to me is just one of those meta superpowers that it almost like unlocks other superpowers. Yeah, that's true. I always try to learn the skill way, just skim over a page of a book within like 15 seconds and you consume the most important information, but I still uh, didn't manage to, to perfectionize it. So yeah, that's actually a great one. And I didn't hear that one before. Very good. Um, what is the most expensive thing that you ever bought? Do you like to spend your money more on experiences or more material things? So the most expensive thing I've ever bought was actually a business mentorship. It was $12,000 and it was, um, specifically 
for a program with a mentor that helped me get the agency set up, um, like getting over the hurdles of, um, you know, reaching a certain revenue level. And to do that, we had to really set up a whole bunch of systems that weren't in place before and kind of rethink how the team was structured. And that was one of the best uh, investments I've ever made for sure. But it still is the most expensive thing I've ever purchased. I don't own a lot of expensive things. Um, you know, it's over here in Bali, you can pretty much live whatever lifestyle you want for a very small amount of money. Um, and I, I also think that it's a, a terrible way to um, try to be happy is to purchase more things and, and nicer things. And, and I've tried it and it's not very fun. It's just like, it makes me more stressed out about money because I just like feel like I wasted money on all this stuff when I thought it was going to improve my life, but didn't. Right. So I, I try to keep it mostly around experiences or things that I'm going to get lasting value from instead of physical items, unless it's a motorcycle or something like I love my motorcycle. So it's worth <laughs> it too. <laughs> um, so you said that in the mentorship, um, you learned how to overcome certain obstacles. What would you say was the biggest challenge of becoming self-employed? The biggest challenge, um, it's got to come down to the mindset aspect of it and just being okay with a lot more financial volatility. Um, that, was, that was a big one for the first year and a half or so, especially it was um, very volatile, the amount of money that was coming in. And, you know, some months were just like barely, barely making enough. Um, and that, that was a very stressful thing to start out with. But I think the further that I went along, the more that the less those kind of things would affect my mental headspace. And the more resilient I think you have to become as an entrepreneur to you know, money fluctuations and you know stressful things where you, hey, I could lose a bunch of money on this one thing or something like that. Um, so it definitely gets easier as you go along, but that's for sure the most difficult thing about starting off being self-employed. Were there also moments uh, where you were thinking about quitting and just pursue a normal job? Oh yeah. Oh, totally. Totally there was. But um, yeah, I don't know. Deep down, I just always had this belief that um, I, I was just going to do whatever it takes to. And, you know, there were some pretty extreme situations where, you know, I literally didn't know how I was going to pay my rent, but I just like use that to fuel just working harder for, for that period and just like really make it happen. There's, there's literally times where I was working Know, 13 14 hours in a day for for periods of a week or a couple of weeks just to make it happen but it's um you know paid off luckily <laughs> it's good to it's good to see you um happy and successful right now i think every entrepreneur has experienced that especially a lot of amazon sellers that start out you have to give a lot of investment up front and then of course you hope that it works out but um yeah it's just never predictable All right, I, don't, I can think of a smooth transition to the next question, so we'll just ask. Uh, if you could ask Jeff Bezos for one favor or ask him one question, what would that be? For one favor, the favor I would ask him is give me access to Amazon's backend ranking algorithm data. I'd be like, just, all right, give me the login details and show me all of this ranking keyword data. 
And thank you very much. And I would be, I would have $100 million within the next six months. It would be very easy. I think it's good that you, that you say thank you. Very polite. You, you, your parents raised you well. <laughs> um, is Jeff Bezos a person that inspires you? Um, and who else inspires you to keep pushing harder? I mean, Jeff, I mean, it is, I think it's inspiring what he has done, but I am not inspired by Jeff in the sense that I would like to be Jeff, if that makes sense. It's, yeah. you know, it's quite incredible that he's built one of the most impressive companies in the world at the moment, for sure. But someone that does inspire me, um, I am much more inspired by people who have built really successful businesses that also have very good lifestyles. So like a, a friend of mine, actually, I'm, I'm inspired by my buddy, Eric, he was on my, on my podcast a little while ago, the Actualized Freedom Podcast, but he, he has a, an Amazon business that does between two and $3 million a year. And he barely does any freaking work. He's just always traveling around to um, either business events or just traveling just for fun and partying all the time. And I've, I've spent a, a good chunk of time with him and just seen exactly how little he actually works and how successful his business is actually being like, it's still growing quite well. He's actually doing all of the smart things. He's making the smart moves and he, he hires the right people to, to fill in the gaps where he's just like partying and, and doing fun stuff. But he has maybe the best ratio of income to lifestyle that I've ever seen. So people like that really inspire me. Yeah, I think it's super important to have that not only work like 80 hours a week and just giving your whole life into it. I always say, like, I mean, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk, right? Uh, and I think he says some pretty smart things, but sometimes I think that guy you looks so tired. <laughs> he just looks so fucking tired because I think he's working like way too much and not really taking time off. I like this whole no days off mindset. I think it's not really... You can do this for a short period of time, but maybe not for your whole life. So shout out to Eric, you're doing great. Um, you mentioned your podcast. I mentioned your podcast. Let's uh, talk a bit about your podcast. So it's called Actualized Freedom. Um, what exactly are your topics there? Who are your guests? So Actualized Freedom is all about Amazon FBA and most of our guests are either successful Amazon sellers themselves that um, almost all at mostly at the eight figure level, uh, some of them at multiple seven figure levels. So they've obviously figured something out or they are domain experts in something very specific about Amazon. So like we had on Michelle Smith, who was an expert on running Facebook ads funnels specifically for Amazon, or we have on people who own Amazon software companies that have some unique data that they can, you know, they have a large amount of data from a whole bunch of sellers. Um, and I try to keep it, at a higher level. So I think most Amazon podcasts out there are very beginner focused, which is great. But personally, I kind of lose my mind if I'm just talking about really beginner stuff all day long. So um, to keep my own sanity and for maybe some more advanced um, marketers or Amazon sellers out there, I try to keep things, um, you know, a little, a little more advanced. If you had the chance to invite any famous person in the world to come to your podcast and they would say yes who would that be any famous person in the world oh that is an interesting one i mean it, i don't think it really be related to amazon but i'd probably try to get russell brunson i'm a big russell brunson fan you know he's the founder of click funnels and i think he's one of the best marketers of our time here um so good so that 
he was able to take a software that is actually a pretty basic software that there's you know a million imitators of that sell for 25% of the price and he sells it for a hundred dollars a month and it's grown to a nine-figure company in just a short handful of years so that just speaks to his marketing prowess right there if you had the chance would you hire him to work for you or with you oh absolutely yeah yeah he's a really great marketer um really studied all the old marketing greats you know ogilvy and you know the, the really old school direct marketers and he just has a really modern spin on the tried and true old school marketing tactics all right. So um, sellers can learn a lot in your podcast besides your own podcast. Are there also some other free resources that you recommend for Amazon sellers? Um, other free resources. Um, I don't consume a whole lot of free resources, to be honest. Like a lot of, a lot of what I consume when it comes to Amazon is in, is in mastermind groups or you know, actual where people are sharing directly in calls and stuff like that. Um, the Kenji ROI blog or YouTube channel would be another good place. That is what I put out currently. So that is, um, that's what I mentioned, that massive keyword blog that I'm about to release or a process that's going to be on the Kenji ROI blog. And I try to keep things very detailed and, and um, you know, not just like super high level overviews of things. They go like really deep into a topic there. So that's uh, the Kenji ROI blog. All right, then I'm already at my last question. If you had the attention of every Amazon seller in the whole world for, I don't know, one or two minutes and you could give them three tips, which one would that be? I mean, you already said that people should really emphasize on their product images, especially the main image, um, make text on the images that is big enough. What other tips do you have for us? Yeah, so this is, um, I guess, three wrapped into one because I call this the triple optimized Amazon listing methodology. So what that Sounds means fancy. is, yeah, I think there are three things that every Amazon listing needs to really perform well. And if you have one of them, you're just going to, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be fine. If you have two of them, even better, they play off each other. But if you have all three of them then all three of these things cohesively work together to create exponential results, right? So the first one is keyword optimization. Obviously, you need to have the right keywords to be showing up in the right searches. But a lot of people stop there, right? We also need to spend even more time on key info optimization. And what I mean by that is with every product, there is a small handful of really key pieces of describing information that is necessary to get someone to click from the search results or to purchase your product. And if you're not optimizing to put that information in the right place, specifically within the first 100 characters of your title or within the first three images, oh, I mean, and the first three images should have both, um, and the very top of your enhanced brand content description, your A plus description, if it's important enough, um, then you're gonna get way less people to click your listing. And if people can't find the information whilst they're on your listing easily enough, then they click to your competitors, right? We mentioned that earlier. So key info optimization, super important. The third one is persuasive desire optimization. So this is where sales copywriting skills come into play. Um, just running people through some really tried and true sales copy templates that will um, dig up the pain that your product solves and then present your product as a solution and then, um, and then um, get the customer to visualize how their life will be improved by the product. And lifestyle images. 
as well, right? So one of the best ways to create desire is actually having a real model demonstrating your product, but not just demonstrating the product, demonstrating the exact moment when a specific benefit is being received from the product, right? So like they should, the model should actually be feeling the same emotion and like actually in the moment of receiving whatever main benefit you're highlighting in that photo. And if you're not going to this kind of detail, if you just have the model, like you see it all the time or they're holding the product packaging and like staring at the camera, that is a useless lifestyle image. There's, yeah. there's no value being created by that. It's not showing anything and it doesn't allow the customer to really visualize how their life would be improved by owning the product. So to recap those three, those are keyword optimization, persuasive desire optimization and key info optimization and make them all work together to create much more cohesive Amazon listing. Awesome. Straight to the point. Very actionable. Uh, thank you so much for your tips and for being on and answering my thousands of uh, questions. It was a pleasure having you here. And yeah, I hope to see you soon. Excellent. Thanks for having me on. And it was a fun chat. All right, guys, that's it for today. That was my interview with Danny. I hope you enjoyed it. If you have any questions for him or for me, simply leave your comment below this video. I also included some helpful links in the description where you can find out more about Kenji RRI and their services and Samondo.com. But now I want to know from you guys, what do you think makes a perfect Amazon listing? Did you ever work with a listing optimization agency before? If yes, how was it? How was your experience? I'm super curious. Please let me know, drop your comment below. And yeah, if you haven't subscribed to our channel yet, you should do this now by either clicking the red subscribe button or the Simondo globe. And if you do so, I will definitely see you guys next time.